This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And in today's show, Kelvin gives us an insight into the history and concepts behind hyperlinks. All coming up in Internet Marketing. There's been a huge amount of change in the Google search algorithm over the last couple of years. And one of those big areas that's been under kind of quite a lot of change and quite a lot of scrutiny is essentially the link building side of SEO. Now, most of you will probably be familiar with SEO, that it tends to fall fairly neatly into two main sorts of categories. So there's on-site SEO. So that's the technical SEO, the elements that probably have the most in common with web design. But there's also the off-site side of SEO, which perhaps has more in common with PR um, and marketing and writing and content strategy. Now, I'm going to record a few podcasts over the next coming weeks about link building um, because I think it's a really important topic, particularly in light of updates such as Google Penguin. But what I wanted to do is just kick off this kind of sequence of episodes about link building was to talk about kind of the history and context of link building and why that's kind of so important and some of the kind of key concepts which are really, really important to it. So, first of all, you kind of need to understand how a link works. And in computing, uh, a hyperlink, as they used to be known, is a reference to data that the reader can follow or that is followed automatically. And a hyperlink points to a whole document or a specific element within a document. Now, hyperlinks were kind of intended originally and are often used to kind of implement referencing mechanisms, such as a table of contents, footnotes, a bibliography, um, an index um, or glossaries or the like but kind of in most cases the way that we think about links now is a connection between documents on a site or a connection between documents on two different sites now Tim Berners-Lee when he created um, HTML um, saw the possibility of using hyperlinks as a way of linking information um, across the internet and each link is specified in HTML using the A anchor elements and the HTML code contains some or all of the main five characteristics of a link. So you have the link destination, which is kind of where the href pointing to a URL goes. There's the link label. Um, You can have a link title, um, a link target and a link class or link ID. Now it uses the HTML um, A uh, element A with the attribute attribute href and additionally attributes like title target class or id so for example um, a typical link would have um, your opening um, carrot um, a space href equals um, the url um, then you close the quotation marks you don't have the title where you can have the link title you can have the target and then you have the link target um, and then you can have a class as well then you close that, then you have the text which acts as the anchor. Um, And the href there is kind of an abbreviation for hypertext reference. Now, so that sets the context of what a link is and how the web um, was built upon links. 
Now, in 1996, um, Sergey Brin and Larry Page began collaborating on a search engine while they were still studying at Stanford University. And at that stage, it was called Backrub. And the critical difference between Backrub and some of the other search algorithms of the day can be found in um, the anatomy of a large-scale hypertextual web search engine document, uh, which is kind of a patent um, that's worth checking out if ever you're really interested in the core of where Google came from. And that details one of the core components of Google's algorithm that was the fundamental part of Backrub, of Google as it become, and I think ultimately the way that Google is all ultimately structured upon, and this is PageRank. Now, an interesting fact to note about PageRank is that it's actually named after Larry Page rather than Pages as document. And the PageRank algorithm was created to determine a ranking order using a value determined by various properties of external links pointing at that document. Um, And the first iteration of PageRank was kind of a probabilistic model, right? So that was based upon the premise that there was a random surfer. Um, And the idea is if you put this random surfer, they followed every link that was on a page and continued to do so. How likely would they be to end up at a certain page? Um, And the algorithm has been refined and improved over time and it's now even more complex And actually, now they tend to talk about the reasonable surfer rather than the random surfer. And I'll go into a little bit more detail about what the reasonable surfer is in a second. Um, But essentially, there's this idea that PageRank was all about the likelihood of a user following links and ending up at a particular page. So, i.e., the pages that were best linked to this random surfer or this reasonable surfer were most likely to end up in those locations. And if they were likely to end up in those locations, that's probably a good sign that that is a good website. And nowadays, all the search engines, such as Bing, use a similar kind of algorithm. There's slightly differences in approaches, mainly for patent reasons. Um, And they determine rankings based on these properties of external links. And the sophistication of them has increased dramatically. But this is kind of the fundamental way in which Google's algorithm works. And everything that they do since has been built upon that foundation. So what is PageRank? Well, it's used by the Google web search engine and it assigns kind of a numerical weighting to each element of a hyperlinked set of documents such as the World Wide Web. And its purpose is measuring the relative importance within that set. Now, something that's fundamental to understand about PageRank the way that many people think about PageRank is the score out of 10 that you see with a little green bar in your browser um, that used to be in the Google toolbar and is now in many kind of plugins that you might have for your search um, your um, web browser that isn't really what PageRank is that's PageRank toolbar page rank score which is potential well is completely different from actually page rank page rank is a score that happens behind the scenes that tells you how likely it is for this reasonable surfer to end up on a page and that's different from the page bank the page rank that you would see in the toolbar now another really really important part of the context of link building is anchor text and anchor text we kind of alluded to when i was talking a second ago about the elements of um, what makes up a hyperlink is kind of the link label or the clickable text that appears within a hyperlink. Now, anchor text is weighted highly within search engine algorithms because the text that people use to link to a page or link to another website is normally a pretty good indicator of what that page is about, particularly if that page itself doesn't do a particularly good job of describing what it is about. 
Now, in the past, the search engines relied on anchor text as a really good indicator of what a page was about. Now, increasingly, as search has developed, they have changed the way in which they use anchor text. And we'll hear about that a lot more in the coming episodes when I talk about kind of post-Penguin link building. Because in the past, it was a very good advice to always build links that had your keywords in the anchor text, because that sends a signal to the search engine that that's what you're about. However, as time has moved on, as websites have done a better job of describing their content in ways search engines can understand, and as increasingly search engines of search engine optimizers have tried to use anchor text to get their websites to rank highly, the importance of that within the algorithm has been decreased. Another really important concept to get your head around when thinking about link building is the idea of no-followed links. Now, you probably would have heard of no-followed links before, but just to explain it in a little bit more detail, that's a a rel attribute um, that an HTML element can have. And essentially, this rel attribute um, instructs the search engines that the hyperlink should not have influence within the link targets ranking the search results. So it's essentially allowing you, as a website owner, to send a message to the search engines, I am unsure of the quality of this link. Now, nofollow tends to be turned on by default in locations where user-generated content allows people to create links. So Wikipedia, forums, blog comments and the like as well. But many other websites have nofollow on all their links by default. Now, historically, when it was first introduced, people tend to think of it as a kind of an absolute block. That nofollow would not pass any link value whatsoever. So therefore, to a certain extent, was not worth pursuing from an SEO perspective. As time's gone on, as the search engines have refined, as nofollows have become more part of the way in which the web and the link graph works, um, lots of people have changed their perspective on that. And the way that perhaps I think of it now is a nofollow is perhaps a kind of a limit on the amount of value which a link can pass, perhaps rather than a barrier. Um, so a nofollow link wouldn't be as valuable as potentially a followed link but multiple nofollow links from the right sort of websites could be quite valuable as well and it's also worth noting as well that it's interesting to think of nofollow in terms of the context of a portfolio of links Um, a normal website will have a distribution of followed and nofollowed links often websites which have been heavily SEO'd heavily um, promoted to try and do well in the search engine um, results tend to have a, a lower proportion of nofollowed links compared to kind of the normal website out there. So this can kind of potentially be used by the search engines to understand how normal your website is. And I think that concept of how normal your website's links are is really, really important in the world of links at the moment because if you have an unusual distribution of links you potentially are going to find yourself under greater scrutiny than those who have a far normal distribution so that's given you an insight to some of the background and context of link building and i mean ultimately all of that's quite interesting and potentially a little bit complex but really what we want to do is we want to be be building more of the right links which send the right signals to search engines about our websites. But before I dive too much into the detail of how we go about doing that, I really wanted to share with you kind of the fundamentals of link building so you can kind of understand why they're so important to Google's algorithm, how a link is put together and why it is the search engines place particular attention to particular aspects of that link, of that HTML that happens behind the scenes.
Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. If you're inside the UK, it's O one two seven three two five six one five oh. And you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight mm-hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.